the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back for Hour 2, and it's good to have you here. I'm Randy Corcoran. 303-696-1971 is the number. 710-CAN-US. And, man, it's turned into a busy show. We haven't even talked about uh, the Griner-Victor Boot trade, the Merchant of Death, the Lord of War. And uh, I know that's been a topic of conversation on talk radio uh, for a couple of days. Pretty hard to justify. And as happy as I am to have a, a an American citizen out of a Russian prison for a virtual non-crime, a crime there. I mean, I'm not minimizing that fact, but to sentence someone to years for a vape pen, I, I just, I don't know. That was pretty, pretty awful. But to trade this, well, Sun Tzu said it best, and I forget what chapter, what page, Sun Tzu said, when conducting a proxy war, trade them their most notorious arms dealer, for a basketball player, so said Sun Tzu. But it's not funny, and uh, and Whelan should have been the, the topic and the target. I know the White House has said, uh, we didn't have a choice. Well, sure you did. You didn't have to give up the merchant of death. Keep your leverage. Griner, a young woman, nine months, horrible, awful, shouldn't have been there, shouldn't have done what she did to get herself into that position. But you give up this guy and subject the world to his uh, activities, his gun sales, his arms sales. Many people will probably die as a result of this trade. But we're not going to take any calls on it because we've got so much to do. We pushed Harmeet Dillon back a little bit so we could wrap up with our miracle runner, Malachi O'Brien, son of uh, one of my dearest friends, Craig. And uh, we'll get him back on the phone here now. Malachi, thanks for waiting through the top of the hour. Hey, thanks for being here. Thank, honored to be on the show again and to tell the story, the miracle story, as we finish this out. For people who are just joining us, weren't here in the last hour, go back and get the podcast. They'll be up uh, well before 8 o'clock tonight, and, uh, and you can hear the whole thing. But Malachi, and we're going to get to the miracle finally, but Malachi broke the Guinness Book of World Records for consecutive marathons. He's been running 26.2 miles a day. On Wednesday, he tied the record 62 days in a row. Thursday, he broke the record at 63. And now he continues every single day to break his own record. Today was day number 65. And he told us uh, last hour that his average for that is about six hours, uh, but he did his best time today. He's really in good shape now. Four and a half hours to run that 26.2 miles. Since we've got a little more time with you, Malachi, before we share the miracle, um, talk to me a little bit more about Anthony Robbins. I've listened. Man, I'll tell you what. I was younger than you when I was listening to Anthony Robbins and his cassettes and reading his books and just finding different ways to, to motivate, to uh, you know, envision your future and live yourself into it. What impact did Anthony Robbins have on your decision to break this record? I give I give ninety five percent of the credit to, to to Tony Robbins. Um, it was a conversation I had in January with him. Of all the millions of people that were taking part in the challenge in January, 
I got the chance to join him on a Facebook live to for about a million people and just share. And he honored me because I was a pastor um, and then just encouraged me to be a part of his next event, Unleash the Power Within virtually, which I did. And in that event, I got inspired to take massive action. If people want to change their life, they have to take massive action now. And, uh, and they have to change their psychology about how they view things, you know, that our, that our problems we face are probably the greatest gifts we've ever been given because it's what helps us get to the next level. And so Tony's there. I'll just tell everyone who's listening right now, Tony's the real deal. And he, he doesn't go for surface level change. He goes for deep level change. And so I was running these marathons even when I went to Unleash the Power Within in Palm Beach, to which when I was there in the middle of the night, I ran past uh, President Trump's house several times. Unfortunately, they didn't arrest me. Uh, <laughs> the guy with a light on his head and a camera running by Mar-a-Lago. Um, and so I was at uh, Unleashed Power Within. And then actually last week, I was taking part with Date with Destiny virtually. And so it was the fuel of which I was running, but I was listening to everything that he was teaching. And so um, I just – I love the fact that he's the real deal. He's for freedom. <laughs> he's not he's, – he's, I definitely can tell you, I feel like he's, it's, it's, he's anti-regime. We live in a world where it's either your regime or anti-regime. Uh, but, I mean, he just wants people to change. And I think everybody who's listening right now, they internally want to be a better version of themselves. They just don't know how to get there. And so I, I love everything Tony does. I'm working to become a Tony Robbins coach um, because I love working with entrepreneurs and business leaders on top of the ministry things that I do. And so I've just I've enjoyed it. And then literally he and his team, his whole team, uh, people that work with them, they're a reflection of the leader. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Talking with Malachi O'Brien, I, I don't know if we mentioned this last hour, or I just remember it from Craig telling me, but what are you now, 35 years old? Uh, I wish I was still 35. I'm 39. 39. Now, people, people think I'm younger than I am, and I'll take that as long as it happens. <laughs> now, I have, an, I have an 18-year-old daughter. Now, that makes me feel older. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. All right, so 39 years old, 65 days in a row, no no end in sight as you continue to break your own record running this 26.2 miles every day, rain or shine. A uh, listener texted into the show and asked, is this guy who ran 26 miles uh, a plant-based eater? Um, I am not. I've, I've done Super Juice Me several times. I'm very familiar with uh, you know that kind of lifestyle, the documentaries. Um, I, I am, what I have to do is I have to eat 4,500 calories a day and get my protein. Now, I know you could do plant-based and get a lot of protein out of various things plant-based, but I'm not. I am, I have to eat 4,500 calories a day because I've lost a lot of weight and cannot afford to lose much more weight. <laughs> I, I can well imagine. can well imagine. Well, you and I have something in common because um, you've been running by Mar-a-Lago. I've been out at Mar-a-Lago a couple of times over the last month or so um, at events with President Trump. And so um, it is a really beautiful place. Have you ever been in there? I've not been in there, but I, I have uh, because of uh, Paula White and others. I, I I anticipate being there fairly soon, and I know there's some events ramping up with AFTI, um, the America First Policy Institute. And I have some friends that are there, uh, but I look forward to the day that I do get in there. And here's what I love about that place: historically, it's been called the Southern White House, and because uh, at one point in time the government owned it, and that's what it was called. So it's kind of an interesting parallel to the days we live in right now. It really is. All right. Well, before we run out of time, let's go ahead and lay out the miracle. And uh, obviously, I know this story because I was involved in it. You were a high school student. You were running track. You were on track to perhaps perform as an Olympian. Um, you were just kicking ass and taking names every time you stepped foot onto a track. And what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, was, a, I was a pretty decent high school cross-country runner and track athlete. And my sophomore year on Easter Sunday... Um, I want to say it was the year 2000. It's hard to believe it was that long ago. 
I was driving to an Easter sunrise service when a drunk driver uh, went left of center on the highway and hit me head on. Um, and that accident, which could have taken my life um, and should have probably taken my life, ended up completely tearing and destroying my knee, uh, completely tore my ACL or my PCL, excuse me, um, had to get um, several knee surgeries, a cadaver ligament in my knee, a couple screws in my knee, which are still there. And it pretty much I had a doctor that said, um, you will never run again. Uh, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's what the doctor said. I had a physical therapist that said, you'll be lucky to run again. Um, but I think God had better plans. And um, it's amazing when you set your mind to something, what you can do. And, and that's just a miracle of it. And, you know, that I was told by professionals that your running days are over. You're done. Um, but that was not the end of the story. And I refused to let it be the end of the story. And now I get to have a better story because now in my running, I can help inspire and encourage people. It's incredible. And I, I thank God the statute of limitations on the settlement that we negotiated with the insurance company over that injury is passed because it might be coming back for their money. We told them, you know, you, running was your life and you were never going to run again. So uh, it's it's just miraculous what you've done. And, and with or without the knee, man, to the self-discipline and the dedication and you must have tremendous support from your family and everybody around you. Uh, I hope that that you do generate the interest and the the commitment from folks to the causes that matter to you, the youth, mental health, adoption, family stuff that we talked about earlier. And maybe what we can do, if you don't mind, is just have you check in um, on Saturdays as long as you keep running. And next time when we have you back, if there's a – well, maybe you can – do you have a website or something? By the moniker Dr. Run. But I'll be sure to send you all the information as the new website goes live because now we've got some sponsors and some new things coming. And we're actually going to launch a challenge in 2023 for people that want to change their life one mile at a time. We're going to invite people to a free challenge to do just that. So I'd love to join you on Saturdays in the future. Would love any partnership that people would want to be a part of somehow, some way. But more than what I can get from people, I want to give to people the encouragement that they can do hard things as well. And, and they're capable of so much more. Well, it's very, very impressive. We're appreciative as well, and I'll e I'll send you my email. I, I think I was supposed to do that before, so I can get all the information. Let's stay in touch. Take care of yourself. Uh, take care of that knee, and uh, and just keep running away, man, my friend. It's uh, puts a smile on my face thinking about it. God bless you. Hey, what an honor! Thank you so much. Better yeah. believe it. All right, Malachi O'Brien and Craig. Shout out to you. <laughs> Good, darn job. All right. Um, well, we haven't heard from Harmeet yet. I know she got tied up with something she texted me. So uh, we're going to go ahead and talk to retired Colonel John Preco. Uh, mentioned before, the gentleman who moved here from Virginia had an In God We Trust license plate when he lived there, got to Colorado and said, what, what do you mean I can't buy, pay for my own money, a customized Colorado license plate that says In God We Trust? But like so many God-fearing, country-loving conservatives, citizens, activists, military heroes, people who love to serve, instead of bitching about it, he decided, the heck am I going to do about it? And Colonel Preco joins us right now. John, thank you very much for being flexible with all of the shifting going on on the show tonight, and welcome to Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. Yeah, glad to be here. I'm still trying to recover from uh, 65 marathons uh, in a row. <laughs> Can you believe that? Twenty? I mean, you did, you're, you're a military guy. You did a lot of running in your life. This kid's doing it. Well, not a kid anymore. He's doing it for fun and inspiration for others. I mean, that is incredible. Amazing. I agree. 
Yeah, I'm glad to know him. I'm glad I was able to help him some when his knee got shattered, too. And, and his father's one of my dearest friends. So it's really, really closes the circle. So, well, let's talk about your story and um, and what's going on. It involves one of my dear friends, now future Colorado Senator Mark Baisley, and the upcoming 2023 Colorado State Legislature, and you. So I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, let me just give you a little bit of history, Randy. We got here in June of 2019, and as you pointed out, when I went in to register the car, I was looking for an In God We Trust license plate. Couldn't find one. We ended up with the Columbine plate, and kind of that set uh, something in my brain to say, I, maybe there's something I can do about this. Well, uh, last June, I was at a uh, Independence Institute leadership forum in uh, D.C., or excuse me, in Denver, and uh, met uh, Kurt Huffman, who at that time was on uh, Mark Baisley's staff, briefly talked to him at lunch about what I had in mind. He called me that night, sent me an email, and he said, we're going to do this. And it just sort of flowed from there. We spent maybe three months or so, about a half a dozen people involved in trying to put together the parts and pieces of what we conceived to be uh, what the plate would look like. And I finally got that done. Uh, that was an important element because uh, both uh, Kurt and uh, Mark Baisley wanted something to show the legislature in the committee, on the floor, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we were off and running, and it got introduced on, I think it was the uh, first day of the legislature, on January 12th. It went through the Finance Committee, uh, got to the Appropriations Committee, and literally died there, based on what I'm being told. The committee chair and a couple members of that committee were uh, less than enthusiastic about the plate, the concept, uh, apparently one who had even a problem with the word God. So up until about two weeks to the end of the legislative session, nothing really happened. Uh, Mark and Kurt energized the Republican and conservative caucus got it through the Appropriations Committee, got it through the House, but ran out of time. So that's why we're reengaging in January of this year. This time, instead of a House bill, we're going to try the Senate bill and hopefully have a little bit more uh, aggressive approach, more coordinated, etc. That's just terrific. And there is a, a petition circulating to try and show the legislature that Coloradans want this to happen. And is it are people already able to help you add signatures to that? I know we're going to have you on. We're going to get Mark Baisley in to talk about this, um, and we'll keep pushing it as we get closer to the start of the legislature. But what can people do to help you right now? Well, and you're right, uh, Randy. There's an online petition. It's it's a long email address, but the best, quickest way to find it probably is just Google I petitions. And in God we trust. And it should come up in the list. Uh, I think we just exceeded like 1,300 signatures. And to be perfectly honest with you, what I thought was going to be an easy task has been an uphill battle. I have been, uh, we have been surprised about the number of churches we've talked to, the number of Christian organizations in and across the state of Colorado who won't touch this. So, so far, it's been a very grassroots effort where Sally talks to Bill, Bill talks to Tom, maybe small groups, et cetera. So we're still seeking a, a big organization or church because I'm convinced we can exceed 3,500 signatures in a heartbeat 
if we make the right contacts. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad this is one of your starting points, and we will definitely spread the word. I petitions in God we trust. I'll look that up myself and make sure my signature and our family's signatures are added. And uh, and we'll be following this closely. Let's stay in touch. Uh, Colonel John Preco, really appreciate. I'm glad you were inspired to do this. I think it's very, very important. If we can, if we can get this Democrat-controlled legislature to actually allow Coloradans to pay for their very own custom license plates, which we can do. There's what sixty or some different variations. Uh, and add in God we trust. I, I think that would be a miraculous thing to do in this pol- particular political environment in our state. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it. Wish you well. Stay in touch. Uh, you bet. And just for a factual clarification, yeah. there's more than 130 uh, different special license plates wow. in Colorado. And I, all I'm asking is for people to include you to energize your networks. I'm confident we can get this done. Absolutely. And I had forgotten to send you my email address. I'll make sure that gets done as well so you can send me all the details and we'll stay on it. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Okay. Well, we are late and uh, nothing unusual about that. I guess before we go to break, let me remind you, as I always do, about my good friends at Cenogenics, Dr. Julie McCallan, Dr. Tim Watt. We've had them in studio. We've had some of the best hours, hours and a half of conversation about health and wellness and the things you can do for yourself and the vaccines and what's so dangerous about them and just on and on and on. But I'll tell you what, with the holidays here now and uh, all of our New Year's resolutions, everybody's always thinking about weight, about health, about energy, about sleeping better, about a better love life, all of the different things that can happen when your body is in balance. And man, oh man, the team at Cenogenics can help you. They approach healthcare, disease prevention, and aging from a research-based methodology. Remember, Dr. Tim Watt is a brain surgeon, retired brain surgeon, and he is fun to talk to. We'll have to get him on again soon. They create a program designed specifically for you. They help you focus, become stronger, feel in control of your life again with no fads, no gimmicks. Take control of your health. Don't suffer from low energy, lack of focus, unintentional weight gain, poor sleep, low libido, anything physically that is dragging you out. Don't do it for one more day. Just call Cenogenics. Schedule your consultation. The phone number, 720-387-3681. Again, 720-387-3681. And, of course, their website, it's easy, denver.cenogenics.com, Denver. .cenogenics.com. Stick around. We're expecting Harmeet Dillon. We're definitely going to talk to Joy Overbeck, and we're going to try and squeeze in a few other of the hot topics I had originally planned for tonight's show. So stay with us on 710 KNUS. We're back at 629, halfway through the final hour of the show with Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS, 303-696-1971. We've been guest heavy tonight. So sorry about that as far as your calls go, but man, oh man, has it been worth it. If you're just tuning in, make sure that you get the podcasts after the show. Our podcasts are doing very well, by the way. Get the podcasts after the show and listen to our very inspirational talk with Malachi O'Brien, who day after day after day continues to break his own Guinness Book of World Records record by running 26.2 miles in a marathon every single day. And when you hear his story, the miracle behind it, and his purpose in doing it, I promise it will inspire you. 
We talked with uh, retired Colonel John Preco about his effort to get it legal for you as a Coloradan to pay for at your own expense and order up a customized Colorado license plate. There are 130 you can choose from right now, but they none of them say in God we trust. That was fascinating as well. And now we're going to go to something very, very special in my mind. We have not heard from Harmeet Dillon, so she's lost my vote. It's either Mike Lindell or Ronna McDaniel for me. All right, I'm kidding. But uh, Joy Overbeck, prolific writer, an activist extraordinaire everywhere, whether it's on a bridge with a flag or a sign or knocking doors, calling people, meals, whatever. Prolific writer for townhall.com and elsewhere. And her latest column may be her biggest yet because of the responses that it's gotten. It's entitled Three and a Half Million More Americans Voted Republican in the Midterms. So go ahead, blame Trump. And it starts out just like this. It was quite head spinning to see how instantly and gleefully many Republicans of the high forehead class, Dick Wadhams, leapt to blaming Donald Trump for the less red, wavy than expected 2022 midterms and leapt from there to condemning his 24 presidential run. But before lifting new champion Governor DeSantis to their shoulders, the Trump trashers would do well to praise Caesar rather than burying him. Joy Overbeck joins us now to tell us why. Joy, thank you very much for being flexible with all of the moving pieces on the show tonight. And welcome back to Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. Thanks so much, Randy. It's great to be here. Yeah. I mean, it was really kind of incensed, especially by, as you say, Dick Wadham's pilgrimage to all the uh, Republican women's uh, luncheons all over Colorado, the Republican men's breakfasts, and all the associated groups where he's been speaking about how Trump is going to doom us if we make him his nom- our nominee uh, in this next uh, presidential election. And so I did some research. Um, as I say in this column, the Trump magic is clear in the midterm numbers. 92% of Trump's endorsees won their primaries, as did 86% of his general election picks. And you'll see everywhere that Trump's uh, nominees, uh, endorsees flamed out. Just not true. Uh, the naysayers claimed that his uh, coattails were toxic. Well, first of all, he didn't even have any coattails. He wasn't on the ballot. And they're simply wrong. People obviously like to vote for the candidates Trump likes. And rather than waning, his influence is obviously on the rise. Absolutely. Let me just repeat those numbers for folks outside of the percentages. Trump candidates won 224 of 241 primary races and 208 of 254 general election ones. Now, if somehow Ron DeSantis becomes the Republican nominee, I can live with that. And if Donald Trump becomes the Republican nominee, I will absolutely be able to live with that. By the way, your numbers, you didn't make them up. They didn't come from... Uh, you know, right-wing phony polls. This is right out of that uh, good old conservative rag, the Washington Compost. Exactly, exactly. And so if anybody's going to fudge the numbers to make Trump look bad, it's the Washington Compost because they hate Trump. And so, yeah, those are the real numbers. And also, if the usual suspects are using the 2022 election to condemn Trump's 2024 presidential run, why don't they give him credit for winning back the House? And the really big news that we won the popular vote this last time by about 3.5 million ballots. Plus, the Dems in 2024, rather in 2022, uh, lost about 10.3 million 
votes that they had in the 2018 midterms, which resulted in their House uh, majority takeover. So, hey, let's get real, people. Let's look what's happening and not and not be uh, using these damn fantasy talking points to try to kill Caesar. It's ridiculous. And I'm with you. Whoever is our nominee, I'm behind that nominee, whether it's Trump or whether it's uh, DeSantis. But just don't lie about it, Dick Wadham. Not that, you know, we're uh, calling names or anything. No, <laughs> no, I don't even mention No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm just... Even- I I was yeah. being very very facetious because I did that. I mean I, I do that because he's been everywhere and he, it's yeah. doom and gloom. Ten years in the darkness in Colorado. Uh, these are the same people that said you need the Joe O'Days and these other nominees. Um, Mitch McConnell said you know Joe O'Day was the kind of candidate that can win in Colorado. We had George W. Bush here. We had Carl Rove here twice. These people got the candidate they want wanted. And they got the vast majority of Republicans, even those who were concerned about, uh, you know, Pam Anderson issues with CTCL or Joe O'Day positions on codifying Roe v. Wade to say, look, we can't have Michael Bennett. We can't have more Jenna Griswold and vote Republican. And they all got slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that's really champagne inducing, I think, excuse me, I got a little cold. In this uh, news for about 2020, um, and this is from another, this is from CNN, okay? A CNN exit poll show Republicans in 2022 greatly eroded and erased even much of Democrats' gains among every ethnic group. More Americans are voting Republican. Um, if you're talking white, whites, if you're talking uh, of the female vote, okay? In 2018, Republicans and Dems each won about half of the female vote. But in 2022, saw white women shifting to Republicans by eight points. And Democrat support slipped among black women from 85% for Dems in 2018 to 78% in 2022, and also about among black men from 76% in 2018 down to 65% this year. And there's the same GOP ascendancy story among Latinos. Latino men fled the Democrats by a a dramatic 21%. In 2018, 29% of Latino men voted Dem. But in 2022, their Dem support had dropped to only 8%. So all the trends are in our direction. They're, they're still voting mostly them, okay? But we're changing. We're changing that curve. They're coming to us. Is Talking. that because of Trump or not? Uh, let's just hold on. I just wanted to tell people that those latest numbers, that latest litany of numbers, came from that very right-wing leaning polling organization known as CNN. Uh, so, you know, these are not phony numbers. These are things that the Democrats are very, very concerned about. You know, Florida did very, very well. New York, um, Lee Zeldin almost pulled out, overcame the New York City vote to beat his Democrat, the monster uh, mayor of New York City, but did get four Republican seats because of everything that they did. And the reason it went so well in Florida and New York was that they handled redistricting. The Democrats Uh have gerrymandered in the Senate races. It was a horrible Republican calendar 
with 21 or 22 of our seats up, only 13 Democrat seats. In two years, that flips. Only 10 Republicans are on the ballot, but 23 Democrats are on the ballot. So um, it there's no reason to be disheartened. Colorado, no. temporarily a lost cause, perhaps. But we're where the blueprint started. The Republican Party and these brainiacs and these advisors and these big donators and, and consultants have done nothing to address the blueprint and everything that's been put in place right here in Colorado and then spread to other states. Yeah, we got to take this wave that actually is building. I mean, there is a wave. It's uh, right there in front of everybody's eyes. So this whole, let's have a funeral procession, let's have it last another two years, is just ridiculous and just doomsaying and uh, just not accurate. What happened really is I say in the column, hey, if we're going to blame somebody, let's blame Lindsey Graham for coming out with his idiot proposal to make a, uh, to, to have a law that criminalizes abortion uh, federally. I mean, how insane is that? It's just, and then the Dems glammed onto that and glammed onto it and started putting it all over TikTok and all over Instagram, places where most of the young people go now uh, for their news and saying that, oh, oh you're going to be in jail if you're a woman you want out of an ectopic pregnancy. You know, they won't let you have a surgery. They'll let you die on the table. Um, the Republicans are going to for our ban birth control. Republicans are going to ban uh, interracial marriage, all this crazy stuff that Republicans just didn't see coming. And especially in Colorado, where we have this insane abortion law, the most brutal, um, really pagan abortion law in the country where you can abort your baby as it's coming out of your womb. Um, and so there's no problem here with abortion people. And But Democrats know that most people don't know that. And so they play in what I call, you know, the abor- abortion porn. Um, and it's just it just builds to hysteria, and that's I think one of the big things that defeated us here. Well, I, I have such tremendous op- optimism going into the off-year elections. Republicans did so well in Colorado in the last off-year elections. It's where we can control certain factors that we can't control uh, when we have statewide elections for school boards, for city councils. Uh, I think we're going to do very very well in that regard. But it also just gives us a tremendous opportunity to try new things and not be, you know, for the last 15 or 20 years, we've been told after we get toward, you know, close to every primary and then come out on the other side in the general, what we have to do and how we have to do it. I say enough, enough losing time for a new plan. Looking forward to hearing some great ideas. Joy, yeah, we, we got to get totally aggressive, just like the Dems are. You we gotta better go believe for it. it. We got to have you know blood and guts, veins in our teeth. You know. So I know your column can be found at townhall.com. Joy Overbeck is her name. Three and a half million more Americans voted Republican. We'll get you there. Where else can they follow you and find you, Joy? Well, they can find me on Facebook. I've got an open page. Anybody can follow me. You can't comment on what I post unless you're a friend. But just ask to be a friend. But you can see what I've got on my page in any case. And I'm at Twitter at Joy Overbeck at at Joy Overbeck one, uh, just the number one. I'm having kind of a feud now with Kyle. Uh, I, I was going to say I, I saw our, that our, I saw that you <laughs> shamed Kyle Clark into unblocking you. So c- congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's everybody hilarious. goes, oh, he didn't really block you. He just did this so that you know so you get a lot of people <laughs> looking at what you were saying. Well, yeah. yeah, he really did block me, okay? Then he needed to comment himself so he unblocked me. All right. Well, Joy, um, since you're very active in politics, there are three people running for RNC chair. Obviously, I have one of the 168 votes that will elect the next chairman in January with um, Ronna McDaniel, current chair, running again for the fourth term. Harmeet Dillon, who has stood us up, so completely lost my vote ever for anything in the future, ever, ever again. And then, and then Mike Lindell, um, out of the three, who are, do you have to have a position on that leadership position as of now? I want to see who else is voting in it. I mean, rather running in. Of course, I don't have a vote, but maybe I can influence some people's votes, right? Um, but Har- I'm so impressed with Harmeet. And she said uh, recently, I think it was on Charlie Kirk show, we need to uh, we need to be a modern party. We've got to go and uh, rethink everything. And I think that's really true. And I'm, I'm waiting to see some more specifics, but I tend to lean towards her. I don't think Mike Lindell uh, should be our pick for this. I don't think there's any really reason. I think he's great doing what he does. Um, but uh, and I'm not sure about Rana. You know, we continue to kind of lose, <laughs> even though we won the house. Thank God. But, um, yeah, and, and yeah. in Rana's defense, and I have not decided which way I'm going, I'm definitely open. And I'm not in anybody's camp yet. Um, the goal at the start of this election cycle was reclaiming the House, and, and she did get that done. So anyway, yeah. I, we do have to call it here, but uh, keep us posted. Congratulations. Donald Trump retruthed you on Truth Social, thanked you for the tremendous article I saw both both snurdly retweeted retweeted you, Rush Limbaugh's yeah. old producer on on Twitter. Those are pretty yeah, darn cool. Big, and hey, it looks like we got Harmeet Dillon calling in, so we're going to get to our okay, break so we can spend a couple minutes with her. Thank you so much, Joy. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless. Thanks, Randy. All right, let's get to our break, and we'll have a few minutes left with Harmeet Dillon when we return on seven ten K in US. No time to let the music air out because we were in the final few minutes of the show. Welcome back. I'm Randy Corcoran. And I thought I might have to finish the show just sharing with you more entertaining audio from the new Democrat House minority leader and King election denier, Hakeem Jeffries. There is a cloud of illegitimacy around the election of Donald Trump. Russia. But I don't because our next guest, Republican National Committee woman, from California and super lawyer. And by the way, before I bring her up, I need each and every one of you to promise me not to tell her that I said that she had forever lost my potential vote by standing us up so long this hour. Um, so shh, don't tell her that. Okay, let's bring on uh, my friend Harmeet Dillon, my colleague on the RNC. Welcome back to Denver, ma'am. Uh, thanks for having me. Better Sorry believe- I'm late. Ah, don't, don't worry about it. I'm sure you're just as busy as you can be right now. And there's so much to talk about. We don't have a ton of time. Before we jump into the RNC race, I know you were out in Arizona at the before the election and, and during the election, and I know you're now on to other things. But do you have any insight into the lawsuits that have been filed there? Yes. So one of the lawsuits is actually um, by my law firm, my law partner, David Warrington, and another colleague are representing Abe Hamaday, who is within the recount margin, he's like within 500 votes of winning. And so there's an automatic recount under Arizona law. So a whole different slew of laws, uh, you know, apply there. On on um, on the other lawsuit uh, that Carrie Lake has filed, you know, our firm 
I was on the ground there for several days. I, I flew down there twice at Carrie's request and about half a dozen lawyers at my law firm carefully documented, talking to over 100 witnesses, uh, all the shenanigans and irregularities that took place over there. And so uh, Carrie has a team of lawyers working for her right now that include Christina Bob and another lawyer who worked with her on a prior lawsuit. So she already has some existing relationships. So we did our part there. Um, Carrie, Carrie and I are on great terms and we stand by ready to help in any way that they want us. So, you know, we're pushing for Abe right now. Um, everybody's working together in the sense that we're sharing information and, you know, there's a lot of information out there about what went wrong. But ultimately, if I were to diagnose what happened there, um, Democrats now know that because of the last couple of years and what conservative activists have been saying about voting machines, that Republicans are more likely to vote in person on election day. But the problem with that is that the same voting machines are used to count your ballot, whether you mailed it in 30 days in advance, dropped it into a drop box, voted early, or voted on election day. So, you know, machines are still involved, and there's you know, 300 million plus people in this country. We aren't going to be having hand counts of all ballots. We would be, it would take six months to count all the ballots. So, really, the issue is what's the, you know, garbage in, garbage out. If you are not testing the machines properly, then you are not going to get the results that you want. So in Arizona, and particularly Maricopa County, has what's called a vote center system. That means you can go anywhere in the county if you're a Maricopa County resident, and they will custom print a ballot for you when you go in person to vote. If you actually vote the ballot that they mail you, it's already going to have the right stuff for school board races and everything that's local. And if that printed ballot is somehow defective because the printer settings aren't correct, the register marks on the top of the bottom of the ballot aren't correct, the machine won't read it. The machine won't read it means it goes into a different pile. It goes into a different pile and that pile piles up. Voters come in and they say, what is that pile? Why is my ballot not being counted right now? That decreases voter confidence. There was sloppy handling of those ballots on election day and a couple of, at least two of those voting centers, ballots were mixed up and then they had to recount all of them. It was a, it was a mess, okay? And with the amount of tax dollars spent in Maricopa County and the amount of complaints that they had in 2020, it's unconscionable that this wasn't fixed. Now, I kind of wish that some lawsuits had been filed in a prompt manner after 2020 and had cleaned it up. That didn't happen. As a lawyer, as you know, Randy, you can only come in and do what your client asks you to do when they ask you to do it. So I think a lawsuit needs to be filed now to clean up what happens in the next election. But I also think, and this is controversial with our voters, I think that we need to be beating the Democrats at their own game. In California, we mastered the art of voting early and getting our voters to vote early. We need to be doing that until we can change the laws and eliminate the unsecure early voting combined slot voter rolls. We have to be out hustling them using the existing rules. That means getting our voters to get their ballots in early and then insisting and carefully monitoring the counting process. That's my opinion after what I saw in, in Arizona. Talking with Harmeet Dillon, and I am completely sold, and I hadn't been until this this round of elections, completely sold on early voting, beating them at ballot harvesting and all the other uh, things that they do. Topics for another day. In the bit of time that we have left, though, you have thrown your hat into the ring to take on Ronna McDaniel to be the next chair of our Republican National Committee. You've got this incredible law practice. I think you had, what, two victories in the U.S. Supreme Court in the last year or something like that. Just extraordinary work that you're doing, along with being RNC National Committee woman from California. 
why uh, sort of set aside your law practice for a while to take on this incredible and massive new potential job? Well, thanks for asking me, Randy, and your kind words. Actually, between myself and my law firm and my nonprofit, the Center for American Liberty, which is also very important in the conservative movement, we won three cases in the United States Supreme Court to protect the right of California evangelical voters who wanted to go to court to make sure that they were allowed to pray without government interference during COVID. I'm incredibly proud of that as a person of faith. The reality is, Randy, that we are not going to be able to win cases, including at the Supreme Court on down, if we don't have control of the people who appoint the judges, and we don't have judges who are constitutionalists, and we don't have that right now. We just lost the Senate, and so for the next two years, this country is going to suffer under the Democrats stuffing the courts with judges who are on the far left. And maybe I'll get a fair hearing from them. You know, I'm concerned about it. And so you can be the best lawyer in the world with the best Supreme Court arguments or the best, you know, jury presentation, and if you don't have the, the right principles being applied, which is frankly really a crapshoot. I mean, I just, my team just argued a case in the Ninth Circuit this past week on the deplatforming of a conservative activist over his truthful statements about the 2020 election. This is Rogan O'Hanley, AKA DC Drano. And if you have a bench that's, you know, not receptive to your arguments, let's just put it politely. You, you lose whether your arguments are good or not. And then you have to go to the Supreme Court and you hope you get a good hearing there. So that's why I'm doing this. And I'm frankly, this is nothing against Rana. I think Rana has faithfully served our country for three, for, for three terms as RNC chair. She is a conservative. You know, her name is Romney. Some people are knocking her for that. I don't believe it. I think she's really fought hard for us. Facts speak for themselves. The results speak for themselves. And we have not won the last three election cycles. And I think when that happens, if you're a, whether you're a sports team or a corporation, there's a call for change at the top and accountability and leadership. So this is nothing against Rana, but I'm concerned we aren't going to win in 2024 with the con- current tactics, the current messaging, which I think is outdated and reactive, the current plan on ballot harvesting and vote gathering and really hustling at the polls. I think our numbers are frankly padded with respect to some of the metrics that we use about voter contacts and otherwise, because we have, we have consultants that get paid whether they produce victory or not, and fundraising messages that are insulting to our voters, and big donors who have abandoned the party because they don't like the results. And all of these things add up to, we must have a change in leadership. We must have an RNC that involves more of the members. Like Randy, you're one of the newer members of the RNC. You know it's really hard to break through and actually be able to use your talents. It takes years. Why should it take years? We should not have such a top-down organization. We should have a much flatter organization that actively involves all of our members, doesn't play favorites, and doesn't ignore those of us who are in purple states or blue states. We all have talents. We all need to be heard. And our party has turned from a corporate party into a grassroots party. Our RNC needs to change as well. And I heard from Republican elected politicians in the House and the Senate on this already. They agree with me. We need change. I've heard from donors. I've heard from thousands of voters. Harmeet, I've got I've the I've got the mu- I've got the music in the background. We are literally okay, at the end. <laughs> no, but it's it's just I know that uh, that's music to the ears of many listeners. I will tell you uh, that I have gotten probably six to one uh, emails favoring your election uh, compared to Rana or the other competitor, Mike Lindell. 
So at least from the grassroots, you seem to be the early favorite. And we'll just get you back on when we have more time. I know you and I are going to have further conversation. I look forward to that. But thanks for squeezing in some time with us tonight in Denver. God bless and good luck. All right. Well, um, I guess there's not much more to say. God loves you. So do I. And never forget this. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.